how lucky am I? Not only do I get to chat with some of the baddest, most skilled, most talented adventurers on the planet, uh, I just got back from this amazing camping trip, and I camped by myself, um, and it was cold, I was just right outside the foothills, and uh, it was so beautiful, and I actually had a really nice moment, you know, it, it lasted for, I don't know, 45 minutes where I was able to just sit and just be, no music, no noise, and just really be thankful, I haven't had a moment like that in a long time, it feels like, just really sit and be thankful for everything in my life, I'm such a lucky guy, I'm so blessed, and it was such a good trip, and I'm feeling so good, I'm feeling refreshed, and better yet, I've got a bonus episode for you guys this week, and this is it so good I just wanted to get it out. Hector Rodriguez just completed what is affectionately known as the Triple Crown of 200s. That's three 200-mile races within a three-month window. It's been a goal of his to complete this insane, mind-melting adventure for over a year now, and he did it. We get into it all, from humble beginnings to strategy to the wolf pack that he rolls with, just what it takes to run three 200 milers in basically a summer. These last couple episodes have been some of my favorite, and I really hope you guys dig this one as much as I did. This podcast is brought to you by us, Big Things Crewing. It's a company I started, and we help out ultra runners with coaching, crewing, and pacing. You can find us at big-things-crewing.com. We're also brought to you by Athletic Brewing, on Pace Wellness, and Exoskin. Stick around to the end of the show, and I'm going to hook you guys up with some solid discounts on those products and services. Now, ladies and gents, put your hands together for my man, H-Rod, Mr. Hector Rodriguez. Yeah, baby! If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Do Big Things Podcast, where we want to inspire you to do big things. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing, a service for ultra runners from beginner to elite. Not only can we get you trained up, but we can also crew you into the finish line. Find us at big-things-crewing.com. Now, here is your host, Adam McRoberts. Yeah. All right. H-Rod, Hector Rodriguez, back in the house. Uh, second time on the show, and I can't wait to talk to him. He just completed the triple crown of 200s. Uh, that's three 200-mile races in uh, three months. So super badass, dude. I can't wait to hear about this. But Hector, how you been, brother? 
I'm good, and I'm excited to be back on the show and to talk to you again, man. I'm super pumped. Yes, yes. Uh, so Moab 240 was pretty recently. How are you feeling right now? I feel my muscles all feel pretty good mentally. I feel great. Um, during the race, I like for the first time experienced like a ton of pain uh, in my shin. Really? And just battling, you know, probably what was like a shin splint or, or something. I, I'm still not even sure completely what it is. Mm. But it caused me to basically swell up and, and rock some cankles for a while. So I'm just waiting for this to heal. Um, feels like I'm actually not too far away from being ready to rock and roll again. It doesn't seem to be serious. So I think here in a few days, I'll be able to at least get a nice light jog in. Nice, nice. Wow, man. Um, so last time I talked to you, you had just finished, was it, I believe it was Moab 240 that you did last year? I think so. Yeah. I think, dang man, time flies. I know it's been like a year. Exactly. So, um, how did this, how did this grow from last year? I talked to you, you did Moab 240 to all of a sudden this year, you're doing the triple crown three, two hundreds in three months. How did it grow like that? Like, what was the, the idea behind it? I think there was two things. I think last year, uh, when I spoke to you, I was just coming off of Um, Well, we went like right into the pandemic at the start of 2020. So my challenges were basically uh, a hundred miler that I did for Aravipo on the virtual strong. And then I went for 146 mile last person standing on a treadmill also, which I I DNF, but DNF to Jake Daxon who won the race. And then it was Moab 240. So Moab 240 was probably like the most, epic challenge race like whatever you want to call it that I had ever done so I knew after that that like I fell in love kind of with the 200 mile distance with being out there uh and wanting to step up the challenge from kind of like those three big challenges I put on myself in 2020 I was like well how can I go bigger in 2021 and it just made perfect sense with how much I love Moab to go for the triple crown 200. So I, you know, threw my name uh, in the lottery for all of them and got in and, and went after it. Wow. Um, you said you wanted to do something bigger this year than last year. And obviously you did. Did it deliver? Did you get what you wanted out of this thing? Uh, oh man. The most beautiful, most epic 60 days of my life awesome. um, on just so many levels, man, with like, with just, with the races, with the meeting people, with bringing out a community, with giving back to rods, with, you know, just, just being around people that are just like pushing their limits. And then everyone that's like supporting that it's like, it's just so much love. I think it's like just the best way to, to describe it. Love, community, encouragement, beauty. Um, and so, I literally was like in that environment for 60 days and had a blast and, you know, I'm already missing it. So, um, loved it, man. I loved it. And you have so much support, dude. Like when I see these videos and pictures of you, you're rolling with like 10, 15 people and uh, (laughs) the wolf packs just getting bigger and bigger. And like, I see these slow motion videos. It looks like you're like almost modeling clothes and stuff. I'm like, dang, this guy's a model now. It looks like. <laughs> That's hilarious. 
Hey, man, so we, we are modeling, but, like, behind every piece of clothes that I've modeled, you know, I'm giving back to one was I gave every single penny of profit to Rod's organization, which is Racing for or Orphans with Down Syndrome. Uh, and then we did another, like, clothing collab where my buddy Justin True is doing uh, the most gnarliest triathlon ever thought of. Really? So uh, just to support him, I wanted to make sure that uh, we're doing our part as the Wolfpack, as a community, to, you know, raise whatever we could from the sell of some hoodies and, and pass it to him. So basically any of the clothing modeling you're doing, it, it's all for just giving back, man, and, and having fun. For sure. For sure. No, I, I appreciate it, man. And, uh, like, yeah, like I said, there's like these slow motion videos and I'm like, dang, yeah. like, what, what's the Wolfpack doing now? Are they moving to something new? Are they going to start modeling or, or what's up? But no, man, I appreciate what you're doing. <laughs> giving all that money back. That is, that's admirable, man. So I, I appreciate it. Um, thank you. So last year you were running like 10 miles a day. You were averaging some pretty big miles. <clears throat> Are you, were you still doing that this year? Yeah. Is your, is your body allowing that? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, to each their own, I think to me, that's what made me durable, uh, during the triple crown and what allowed me to finish. Like I've, it's not for everybody, but I, you know, I have shin pain, but it, I, 99% sure it's going to subside here in the, the next couple of days. Um, I think all of that, time on feet would be the biggest contributor that I could say is what helped me finish the triple crown of 200 because mm. it was a lot of time on feet, man. It was a lot of days in a lot of different mountain ranges and a lot of different elements, you know, from cold, rain, snow, heat. Um, so for me, it just worked. It was really extreme, but I, you know, it, it worked for me. So uh, once I'm healed, I'll, continue kind of with my my daily routine yeah now are you running like two a days because i think you have, i think you have a full-time job right it looks like you're in your rv and i just picture you yeah. working in a, in a computer like working from home type of thing is that right yeah so exactly um so when i do my 10 miles a day it's running walking hiking like sure. for me i count movement um and to me i believe that's what we all should do maybe not 10 miles, but let's all just move. Yeah. Like if I could wish anything for people, it would be let's move. And then if you can do it in nature, cause that stuff is epic. Mm -hmm. um, so I do have a job where I am virtual, where I can work off of my laptop. Um, so whenever, you know, I wake up early, I'll get some miles in. If during lunch, I might go for a walk, you know, and then after work, I'll go get some more miles. So and then after that, spend time with the family. So I get, I get my miles a lot of different ways. Um, and then obviously there's times where I'm feeling really good and I'll wake up four or five in the morning. I'll get my 10 miles right off the get go, you know? Sure, sure. So it just depends on how I'm feeling, but I believe for me that, that discipline, you know, cause there's a lot of days I don't want to do the crap. You know, there's a lot of days I'm not feeling like it, but to still do it, to still, you know, have that consistency the discipline you know like doing it when i don't want to do it it's built so much confidence for everything else in my life and that's why even if i stopped racing or i stopped you know any of that like to me that was that has been such a core vehicle for success in so many other things 
was just the confidence that fuck I can do something that sucks so bad mm -hmm. like I can do this other stuff really easy you know so it yeah. kind of rebaselines what's hard yeah for yeah. me at least and what you know what I'm capable of is it that discipline and the day after day grind is that what it is that what it does? For, is that what it is for you that really makes you stronger? Like some people can get by on low mileage and they're lifting weights or something instead. Uh, for you, is it that grind day after day that makes you mentally and, and physically tough? Yeah, because because it's hard. Yeah. That like it's hard to continue like 10, 10, 10. and then if I miss a day, okay, I got two today. Then now I need eighteen. Mm -hmm. You know, and it does. Like for me, it just it's just a reminder. It keeps me tough um, through it all. Like it keeps me tough in life uh, and just confident. Like I just, I've said it before, like I walk with a piece, like I just know I can work really hard. And I know the energy I put in this, I can, and I have um, pivoted towards business and starting businesses, giving back, um, and and for my employer who I work for now and being a husband and a father so it all just ties in really well mm, that's beautiful man um so yeah you're a family man living in an RV how long have you guys been in the RV so we let's see when did we decide to roll like this um I think we started rolling like this right before Moab of last year okay so it's been over a year and the, yeah, it's been over a year. Um, and the plan was, uh, we were going to do this all the way through the triple crown and then kind of go from there. So I think we're about to look for getting another home, mm. um, and, and getting back, you know, a little bit more stability, sure. uh, at least for the next few months. Uh, but I will always keep this RV. So I can always do what I just did. Like I had the absolute blast. Um, for me, I could I could do an RV as long as I'm posted up near mountains, you know, canyons, trails, uh, all that good nature stuff. Like I'm good. So I'll always keep this. Nice. Are you guys going to stay in uh, San Diego? I'm not 100% sure on that, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I'm kind of debating – It'll either be San Diego or maybe somewhere in Arizona okay. would be my top two picks. I really, really liked a lot that I experienced while I was out in Phoenix. I really love, you know, Aravipa with all the races they do. Uh, you know, I, I like Phoenix a lot. So um, if, if I do something, it might be out in that area if it's not here in San Diego. Okay. And it's you and your wife and how many kids? Two girls. Two girls. Okay. Is it pretty crowded in there? I, I'm guessing that you're used to it by now, but I, and I'm guessing that's a common question, but yeah, is it, is it crowded in there? Uh, and, and I got two dogs in here. Um, <laughs> wow. I would say we're, it's a big, this is pretty big. Um, so I think we have probably good amount of space for the four of us. Uh, it's when we have people come and visit, like we had the wolf pack, hanging out uh here and everybody was just like crashed everywhere is what i'm hearing <laughs> while i was running moab as people were like shuttling back and forth uh so you know that there we get crammed but 
we'd get outside too, like right outside, you know, you put up some camping chairs and you know, you mm-hmm. can have all the space you want. So yeah, yeah. we make it work. Cool. I love it. It's so cool, man. And so was your wife crewing for you? I know your sister's part of your crew team as well, or uh, who exactly is out there for you among the 15 people that you're rolling with? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always roll with a wolf pack. Uh, <laughs> so for the first two races, my sister was the crew chief uh, for the event, uh, which one was a really big one that was really difficult, which was the, the, unfortunately the Tahoe, 200 got canceled due to some fires so i created like a wolfpack san diego 200 race uh and that was like a lot of people coming and going and that was a lot of work for somebody to be like coordinating who's showing up who's coming back and people need ride back to the cars and feeding people and you know all that stuff um but for moab um i had i had like a big crew um I would say my wife and my mom really stepped up to kind of be the crew chief and get everybody where they needed to be, make sure people were eating, make sure people were ready to go, make sure my bags had the required gear, that things were charged, you know, that, that I was good, uh, looking over my feet, um, just different things like that. I would say my wife and my mom did a hell of a job kind of stepping up to the plate for that one. Cool. Cool. Um, your sister wasn't involved in the, in the third race. No, okay. she, she was like happy to bounce out on <laughs> after the first two. So <laughs> I don't know if she was having fun the way she was earlier on. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so we, we gave her a break on that one. Nice. Well, it's understandable, but it's pretty awesome that your, your wife and your mom stepped up and helped you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic, man. So, um, walk us through this thing, man. Uh, Bigfoot 200 was the first, first one of the year. Um, right. You didn't yeah. have any races before that. Uh, in, in every month, if I'm not mistaken, I did, I did an ultra, Oh, okay. whether it was an official race or whether it was just me going out and doing at least a 50 K. Nice. Okay. Um, and then I think it was in May. Uh, there's a, there's a race called Las Vegas jackpot ultra, which is, uh, and I did the 48 hour version. Oh, wow. So it's basically like this park in Las Vegas. That's like, has like a two mile loop, which I think a mile is kind of like on dirt. The other mile is like asphalt. Mm. And it's like, how many loops can you do in 48 hours? So I did that one just kind of getting, I knew that would be a good sleep deprivation, multi-day race. I think I ended up doing pretty well. I got like, I think I got third place mail in that one. How many miles? Um, and knocked out. I think I did 130, but I did 100 in like sub 24. And then that second day, the uh, an opportunity I've learned in all these races, I need to train more on road. Um, I think the road crushed me, and I started having like feet pain hmm. that I think is just from the asphalt, and I'm used to trails and dirt, which is a lot more giving. Yep. Um, so I did 100 miles on day one on that race, and then freaking suffered to get another 30 um and so i did that in may and then um no other big challenges other than maybe just doing you know 30 40 miles on my own accord or or maybe a 50k here and there sure and then got to to bigfoot but i felt ready to go once i got there yeah 
Yeah. So you felt trained up. Um, have you been yeah. playing? I know you've been hanging out with uh, Michael McKnight. So have you been playing yeah. around with your diet at all? Have you experimented with any of the high fat, uh, low carb diets or um, how did you approach that this year? Yeah, I was, I was taking his guidance on with that. Um, there was definitely good periods where initially I was playing with tracking all of my stuff just to get a feel of, of what a day looks like on like a typical meal and then how many carbs do I have and then, you know, pivot that to with my training. So he was absolutely helping me with that. Um, and I would say uh, that, that I was following that practice all the way through um now in the races like it was crazy and and i don't know i gotta like figure it out but like uh like for moab for instance man i saw skittles and i don't even eat skittles but freaking skittles looked amazing and i was like pounding skittles or coca-cola and like all this like unhealthy stuff it was just like and maybe it was because i needed more calories or you know i didn't have enough of like the high fat diet early in the race or with my um with my crew or whatever so i i gotta figure that out but man when i saw like skittles or snickers or you know just some of that stuff i was pounding it (laughs) (laughs) you earned it man and yeah from the pictures i see tell me if i'm wrong you look like a bigger guy like you have a little bit upper body weight um how tall are you and how much do you weigh if you don't mind saying yeah like i bounce around uh, so i'm five ten five ten and a half and i bounce around I don't know, anywhere from 180 to one like 85, 190. Okay. Okay. So a little bit bigger yeah. for, for a runner, for sure. For sure. 100%. Did, did you lose a lot of weight over the last 60 or 90 days? No, no, no not at all. Like, so when I started into the ultras, I was like 228 pounds. Oh, okay. And then I think at my lowest, I got down to 178. Uh, and then I just kind of bounce around now just in the one eighties for sure. Um, I, what, why I think I didn't lose weight and I was talking to another buddy who did the triple crown and he kind of did the same thing where, where I like did the race and my appetite after the race was like so high. Like I wanted to just eat everything, but then my body, like uh, my body wasn't healed for me to go run it all off. So I was actually like eating, like I was still doing my 10 miles a day, but I wasn't doing my 10 miles a day. You know, it took me like almost probably like two and a half weeks to recover and either get back on a bike or a run. Um, And then, you know, I'd have a week and a half and then I'd do it again. And then, you know, so I didn't have like my same flow in these past three months that I normally would. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you've earned it, man. When, when it comes to race time, all bets are off. Just eat anything and everything you can eat just to keep yourself yeah. going. You know, you stay as healthy as you can, but towards the end of those races or the second half. Yeah, man. Eat the Skittles, eat the Snickers, drink the Coke. It's, it's all, it's a celebration, yeah. man. You're celebrating all the That's training. what it was, man. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, so, um, okay. So let's start with Bigfoot. Um, how did that go for yeah. you? Um, it was the first time you did it, I believe. Uh, from what I hear, it's a beautiful course. What were your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was a beautiful course. Uh, I concur with that. Uh, I, it was the hardest race I've ever done in my life. And even yeah. after doing uh, my own San Diego 200 and the Moab 240 twice, that one is, for me, by far the hardest. Okay. Um, 
super beautiful. Um, I, I feel like I didn't prepare for that. Um, I was kind of expecting it to be more of like a Moab and in Moab, you get vert, you get like 30 K vert or almost 30 K, but there's so much sections where you can actually run. Like it's, it's flat or like the vert is not drastic. Like you can run it. Um, so I was thinking that's kind of how Bigfoot would be. I knew the vert. So the going into the race, they had to like do some adjusting to where I think they added three miles and they added, I think 4k of vert, if I recall correctly. So now it was like a 206 or 209 mile or 208 mile run with 46k vert. Mm. And so I knew it was, was going to be tough. And I'm looking at each leg and I'm like, that's a lot of vert mm-hmm. per segment. Mm. But once I got going, it was like, and I could have it wrong, but this is just how my brain processed it. It was like, you're either going up straight up or straight down like there was like no runnable up and then going down was like very technical and very difficult to go down so you couldn't run down so i was getting very frustrated at times in the race because i was like one i didn't train like power hiking which is what i ended up doing probably 90 percent of that race was me just power hiking and just me moving work worried that I might not finish it because I never trained hard on power hiking and then me going like when do I get a run like I want to run so uh, I I think maybe it could also have been like a lack of my skill on the technical parts of like you know maybe other people run down that but there were also these big trees like huge trees like if you can see me like really big that were just falling left and right all over the course. And I, I don't know why there were so many fallen trees um, and overgrown um, trails. Um, so like anytime you get a rhythm, it's like, okay, now I got to go under this tree or I got to hop over it. And then, you know, you get a little bit and it's under and over, you know, and once you're like a hundred miles in, like just squatting, you know, crushes you, you know, like it makes you want to cry. So if like every quarter mile you're having to hop a tree or you're having to squat below it you know it starts to wear on you mentally you know on top of like when does this freaking when do i get to the top of this mountain you know and then you get to the top and it's like oh now i gotta work my butt off to get down and it hurts just as bad going up so it was really 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 tough like i literally cried i think like three times on that race going like (laughs) Yeah, like I was bawling like a baby, man. Like I was like, I don't know if I could do this, and I didn't want to let people down. So it was, it really, that one pushed me really hard mentally and physically. So for sure, that's the toughest in my book. <sighs> that's rough when the first one is your toughest like that because it kind of knocks your confidence down a little bit when you have a couple more big ones coming up. You start thinking, man, maybe, maybe I'm not going to be able to do this. Were any of those negative thoughts creeping into your head or do you generally stay pretty positive? I talked to other people and they were all kind of like aligned that, that Bigfoot is the hardest. So I was kind of going with the approach of like, well, I just did the hardest. So everything from here is downhill, you know? So I kind of looked at it that way of like, it can only get easier. Like I'm not having to do 46 K vert again. 
there was one section that was like 17 miles and like 7,000 feet of climbing, if I recall correctly. <laughs> like that kills people alone, you know? Right, right. And we had that like in the middle of our race. And I was like, oh man, like this race was trying to take my soul, you know? <laughs> but we topped the wood. We yeah. topped that wood. Good, good. Um, yeah. So what was that finish line like? Were you completely destroyed? Were you still just like, eye on the prize looking forward to these two more races or how were you feeling at that point? Uh, so there was a point, one of the last climbs, um, where, where, where I mentioned I was crying or bawling. Like that was one of them. Like I was just like mentally erect and just like, like just done. But I knew that I had just climbed the final like tough peak. Mm -hmm. So coming down from that and then like the last, and I don't know if I have this like hundred percent accurate, but like the last maybe 10 miles, the last 15 miles, like at some point it turned flat and it turned runnable. Mm. So I had, my legs were saved, you know? So it just made, it, it kind of started re all of the bad went away. And I was like, okay, like now it's flat now. Like I'm almost done. I'm almost to the finish line. You know, I'm going to see the family. And so it just shifted the mentality. Um, and as I got closer, like I started getting like more energy, maybe because I wasn't using the running muscles that I was, cause I was using power. I so I'm sure there was some kind of dynamic switch in my muscles that kind of made me feel a little fresher than normally I would. So I, I coming out of that race, I was definitely sleep deprived, but other than that, like I, I, bounce back or I had the, the miles to bounce back mentally and and was just happy that I just did 46k feet of vert you know yeah. and so I started feeling really proud that like I'm a bad dude yeah. you know at least that's what I'm telling myself yes, sir. <laughs> the race is like you're a bad dude you just finished 46k yes sir so I was getting pretty amped about you know that and that I knocked out the hardest one at yeah. that point is what I thought good good for you so, man and then um, between races, like, what does your family life look like? Are you just completely recovering? Is there any training going on? Um, are you eating like a maniac? And yeah, is the family dynamic just kind of all screwed up in between races? Or, or did you manage it pretty well? Uh, so my family was with me this whole time. Um, and so during, in between the races, I had the RV. So I was, I'd spend like the rest of the, so I was finishing on Tuesdays. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I probably would take three days of just laying around in the fetal position, not moving. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then by the weekend, we would start working our way from whatever city we were in towards like, so in this instance, towards Tahoe. Okay. Um, and just light walking, you know, spending time with the family doing, you know, whatever they want to do, go to the park, you know, yeah go shopping, go get a meal, like all that kind of stuff. And then around the two and a half week mark, uh, I feel pretty good mentally and physically. Um, I had recently just pulled out. I used before running, I was doing triathlons. So I have a tri bike. So I pulled that out and started spinning um, on that just to keep the cardio up and not have it impact the body. And then normally like the week before it was all just like super light runs was kind of my routine. Um, and then I'd go, I, for each race, I felt as fresh as I could be. 
um, given the circumstances. Yeah. With sure. that kind of routine. Yeah. Yeah. And so then are you running regular mileage, like a couple weeks up to the race? No. Low Hell mileage. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably. I don't think I ever went over five miles. Okay. Um, okay. To me, I felt like, I felt like that. What's the saying? The hay is in the barn. Yeah. You're like, already trained. I was already trained. I'm, I'm like, it was just more maintenance, sustained a little loose, uh, you know, just getting some miles in. And I was good. I calculated that in three years prior to Bigfoot, I probably did somewhere between 11 and 12,000 miles. So like, I felt very confident that my 10 mile a day average for so long would get me to the finish line. So like, I also because of what that has done mentally for me, like, I talked about this with a buddy was like when you've invest, invested so many miles. So like I invested 10 miles a day for nearly three years, you know, to give me 11, 12,000 miles leading up to that race. Like you better believe it was going to take a hell of a lot for me to give up when I put so much work into getting trained up for it. So like I had, even though it was very hard, I had a lot of confidence that it was going to have to be like Candace was going to have to come bring the helicopter to get me out of those mountains. You know, like I invested so much that it was, it would have had to take a really bad injury for, for me to not finish this. So, and, and I think if people, if I didn't invest so many miles and so much time, so many hours, then maybe it's a little easier for me to just go, ah, you know, like, Bigfoot was too hard. I was expecting it to run more and I didn't want to power hike, but like, hell no. Like I invested so much that like, if I got a power hike, I might be crying and I might be pissed and I may be frustrated, but we getting it done. Yes, and sir. so that was kind of the mentality. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then when did you get the news about Tahoe and how did that affect things? Did, like when you first heard the news, did you know right away, okay, I'm going to make up my own 200 or were you bummed out for a little while or what did that look like? Um, I knew, so I was in Tahoe already like working to get acclimated to the altitude. Okay. Um, and I love Tahoe. Anybody who's been to Tahoe knows that place is dope. Like yeah. it's amazing there. It is. So I was like, cool, I'll post up in Tahoe. But as soon as we got there, like I was smelling the smoke um, and I was getting like, we literally like the first three nights had bears at our campsite. I had, my wife saw a bear in the bed of my truck. Whoa. Uh, we took videos of bears running around. And so like, part of me was like, yeah, that's really cool. Like I'm seeing bears and like wildlife. But then another part of me was like, I really hope that the fires aren't like, you know, then it's super sad if the fires are bringing the bears into the city to look for food because- totally because I could smell it, you know? So then I was like, man, this is super sad. This is, you know, bum. And so I was there, you know, we would get like some days where the weather was good and you, it would actually see a blue sky. And then later in the day it would just turn into like smoke and haze. So after, I don't know, like five or six days, like I knew it was the right call and I felt it coming that they were going to cancel it. So as soon as they canceled it, then it was like, okay, well, now they're putting this virtual, um, this virtual 
race that you could do to have it count. And so immediately I knew that I would do it and I would do it in San Diego. Um, what I didn't know was like, if I was going to follow like the rules to the race or just do my own thing. And because as soon as I realized that I could do this in San Diego, my motive was like, bring the community out. Like, mm -hmm. let's get everybody moving. Let's make this like uh, an event to where people get to meet for the first time. There's community. They come run with me. And so where I was nervous was at first, I didn't know the rules. I didn't know if it was going to be no pacers or only one pacer where like I wanted it to be, especially since it was in San Diego, I wanted like whoever to come to come, you know, mm -hmm. but thankfully I got permission and into the rules they said that you can have as many pacers as you want. So okay. thankfully it aligned to where uh, we could have all the pacers, which meant I could have the community come out. And in one of the most beautiful experiences in my life, the community came out and like, we had a blast. Mm -hmm. So that was, uh, you know, so I knew it was, or I knew we were going to do it. And I knew we were going to do it in San Diego. Cool. That's so cool. Um, what did that course look like? I mean, were you running mostly pavement and streets and it sounds like your, your RV was like the, the rolling aid station kind of just picking up after everybody or how did that go? So the RV was the aid, like, was that for Moab for San Diego was different. Um, San Diego, what I liked about my race and maybe it's very different than, than other trail runners or other people doing it was I wanted to start in the city. So I literally started at Petco Park is where the San Diego Padres play. So I wanted to start in the city, in downtown. I remember living in downtown San Diego and partying in nightclubs and running around chasing girls and getting hammered and spending my weekends like thinking that's life, you know? And it was really cool to kind of circle back, to go back into downtown. And for me, this is me personally, now I'm finally doing what's cool. Like, it's not cool to me to go get hammered every single weekend and spend, you know, ridiculous money and chase the girls and do all that stuff that I was doing. Mm -hmm. It was cool to wake up at four in the morning, to be at Petco Park by six, to go cross the 200 mile with my friends, you know, yeah. like it was, it was a real, just really cool turnaround to see like, like that life, which I thought was cool is not cool. And this is cool, but we're going to do it here, you know, in the same venue almost. Mm -hmm. So that meant something to me to like go back there, but go back there for the right reason. And it was to show a community, Hey, let's meet here. And then now let's run. So I ran from basically um, our local Padre stadium ran road maybe for 10, 12 miles and then got on a dirt trail coming south in San Diego. And then we headed east, uh, east through, you know, just a bunch of different mountains. And I ended up looking um, at just different maps and ended up getting super close to the border, <laughs> super close to Mexico yeah. and climbed some mountains there because there's some good vert and then looped all the way out. So in San Diego, all our mountains are in East County is what we call it. So basically went all through East County um, and then worked my way back uh, basically to the coast uh, and then ran 
I don't know, maybe the last eight miles or five miles along the coast to like kind of this landmark of the roller coaster on the beach. Okay. Um, I thought would be really cool. And I, I, I had a camera crew with me. So I thought it was really cool to kind of start in downtown, hit the mountains, and then hit the beach. And I thought that'd be a really cool way when people do get to see the film to showcase our city of San Diego. And because I love it. And I think it's one of the greatest places in the country. Totally, totally. With, for beauty. Yeah. Well, that's so cool, man. And how many people joined you out there? I never ran alone, which was freaking awesome for 207 or 210 miles. Right. Um, so I always had a pack, um, you know, there was a section where it was just me and one person. And then I had people at the crew stations. Uh, and then there was another section. So we have a popular mountain park, uh, a mountain park, like kind of in the middle of the city. It's called Mission Trails. Um, there was a point where maybe there was like 50, 60 people. Wow. Um, so I, I, I had some issues earlier on on the race where I had to like get out of Indian lands before, like <laughs> before they were going to like kick me out or give me a ticket for trespassing. So like, uh, so we had to like book it and I had to reroute some sections. So when I had to reroute some sections on the fly, I ended up getting to this mountain park with more miles and less vert than I wanted. And I knew I wanted to end at the beach. So I ended up having to go into this mountain park and basically do this, uh, I forgot, I think it's 1.2 miles, 875 feet up. So for me to keep the miles down and get the vert I needed to meet the criteria to have this count as a virtual Tahoe 200 towards the Triple Crown, I had to do this hill 10 times. <laughs> and it, it was like, a, it was that might have been like one of the hardest sections of the whole triple crown was like mentally going up this mountain that's like basically one mile straight up and down also a little technical uh 10 times <laughs> you know when you're and, and this was like already after i don't know 150 miles 160 miles <laughs> so uh but thankfully like at at this spot is where i had the most people the most love, the most encouragement, the most support of probably the whole Triple Crown wow. was uh, like some of the local trail. A, a lot of things that maybe people don't know about San Diego is we have really big trail community. Like there's basically four big trail running clubs that kind of separate the whole city, but then they all collab and they do events and runs and challenges and all that stuff. And uh, a good portion of of people from all four of those groups came out and uh, came to do one hill with me and then some stayed back to do more. So mm. super awesome. So yeah, there was a lot of people that evening for sure. Wow. So as you're doing repeats up and down this hill, other people are joining you for sections and I'm guessing you're all going at different paces. So there's just people all over the place. Did you have to worry about getting permits or anything like that to, to make this thing happen? No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, but I, I would never do what I did again. Uh, Cause I definitely, I may or may have not broken the law a bunch of different times <laughs> by doing what I did. Like sure. I may have trespassed quite a bit. I may have probably pissed off the border patrol 
and had them like check on us like 10 different times and make wow. sure we were safe. Uh, I probably didn't make the, the tribal police very happy when I was running through, you know, some of their section, you know, I didn't know, like when I built the 200 with the tool that I use, it doesn't tell you, you know, Hey, this is private property or this is that, you know, but I was also, you know, so determined to not let anything stop me, you know? And mm -hmm. so if it meant like I got to hurry up and hop this fence and, and like, it was never like somebody's backyard, like maybe only a couple times, <laughs> but it was, it was like more like the, just these lands where it says like no trespassing. And it was like, like no one's around a big open thing, but like, I'm still very nervous the whole time I'm running through it with the wolf pack, you know, or yeah. a couple of buddies going like, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was, a crazy crazy experience Dude. but yeah no no permits no nothing we just next time though like i know these spots so i would stay away from it like i would never go so close to the border again and like sure. that was when i they, those guys were driving the vehicles in those mountains like insane like with such purpose like catching people you know it was, it was really it was like that gnarly okay. yeah okay and they stopped it was, you like high speed chase in the mountains <laughs> Yeah, they, we told them what we were doing, uh -huh. so they were like, okay, like, cool, but, like, we'll, like, radio um, the other people so they know you're there, but, like, I didn't even know, like, these mountains have sensors, you know, so there's there's just a lot going on in those mountains that <laughs> I was not, had no idea, wow. you know, I was very naive. Dude, you're lucky you didn't get shot we or thought, put in jail or something. It could have gone, it could have gone pretty sour. Yeah. At, at the very least, like, I'm surprised we didn't get like ticketed or like somebody to throw us in a car uh, and then move us, you know, to somewhere else, which could have jacked up my race. So we got lucky in a lot of ways that we, <laughs> uh, we just kept moving and got the hell out of these not good situations. Yeah. Yeah. And so to complete that virtual race, you needed like 200 and X amount of miles and X amount of vert. Yeah. I needed 200.1 miles, 33,800 feet of vert. And I needed to do it in 110 hours. If okay. I recall correctly. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's incredible, man. You got the whole community involved, a bunch of people out there running. You're an inspirational person. I bet you just had a bunch of people out there supporting. It just sounds like a blast. Yeah. What I found, what was the most beautiful thing out of it is like, like if anything, you know, like I have people telling me like I'm a magnet uh, over in Moab, like in that, you know, like somehow like I attract people or, or whatever you know and like i like rolling around with the wolf pack as like we've already said a bunch of times yeah but what has been really cool and it really stood out in the san diego was like like if if i'm if you're rolling with me like there's so many people that i met for the first time but like i knew through instagram or social media or uh, that I met who've been supportive. Like, I just know as soon as we meet people, it's brother or sister, it's love, hug, yeah. like, like we're family immediately. Yeah. And I know that like something in these people is just special and it's beautiful. And like, I see it, like, I don't know how I see it, but I just see it. I just know if somebody's a rock star, rock star person mm -hmm. or not. And maybe that's like my 
superhero to being able how to have like this wolf pack. Like I just know I can see it. Somehow I can just see it. And what was really beautiful was all of these people came and then they just like were like family instantly and were connecting and were like, hey, oh yeah, and exchanging phone numbers and having laughs and and it turned into just like not me just going like, oh, thanks for being here, like much love. It was like love everywhere. Mm-hmm. Everybody was like mingled. Everybody was loving each other. Everybody was supporting each other. Like no doubt there was like so many lifelong relationships, friendships, love, brother, sisterhood that came from people meeting in that event. And so like I was like dying, right? Like I'm going up that hill repeat and I just see so many people meeting for the first time, having deep conversations, like in the middle of the night about life and about things they went through, traumas they've had, you know, and then somebody that they just met, like giving them love and support and and talking through it. And it was just like, holy shit, like this is rad, Mm -hmm. you know? And then even afterwards, like celebrating, you know, just, just community, man. So like, I think, what was just as beautiful as the challenge that I put myself in the triple crown was the community that came out of the triple crown. Like I have people that like, I will love support, encourage, has my back like no other. And I met like a whole more wolf pack in Moab. It's like, it's a, like you said, it's forever growing, man. It's like so <laughs> rad. Wow. So many good people. So cool. You are like the connector, man. You're the connector of all these <laughs> Somehow. people. Somehow. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know like why that is or how that is, but like, I'm happy to do it because when I see these people getting along, like my whole crew, like in, in, um, in Moab, like these guys are all best friends. Now they just, three of them signed up for a hundred mile or next month. Nice. <laughs> like, so like, I love it. It's like, it's cool. Like, it's just cool. Just people trying to be better than yesterday, using ultra running to be better in life giving back and just supporting each other. It's like, it's perfect for me. It's like, yeah, yeah. I can feel I it, it, man. I can sense it. I can sense that it's perfect for you. And you're at that stage where you're able to give back to the community and connect these people. So it's beautiful, man. Yeah. And yeah. Hats off to you, man. It's so cool. So um, we're up to Moab. Um, yeah. Like, were there any doubts that had crept into you, into your head before Moab or after the two were completed, were you just like, we're going downhill now. Ain't nothing going to stop me. Uh, no doubts before. Um, no doubts before. Um, Moab was the first time I didn't have my sister or my brother as my crew chief. But I felt the team I had was solid. Um, so, like, maybe that gave me, like, a little worry at first. Um, but as far as the race, I felt I had done it where the other two, you know, I had never done it and coming off of the San Diego 200 where like I was, I had like almost like an anxiety after some of the issues we ran into the San Diego 200. We also bushwhacked a ton of trail. Like (laughs) there was trail that like probably hadn't been on in years and that we had to like bushwhack and because the map didn't tell us like this, this isn't a common trail. So like to go into Moab with like a, a peace of mind that like these trails are legit. Yeah. There's aid stations, you know, I don't have to worry if like I need to hurry, like if I'm going to 
being trespassing or illegal lands or any of this stuff, like all of that made me just like relax so much more. Now, where I did in the whole event, the where I got most maybe fearful that I would finish this was during Moab. <clears throat> There's this section where um, you do like two 13 mile ish segments. So like a marathon of basically like, it's, it's mainly like a flat road. And um, definitely, like I mentioned earlier, an opportunity I have is like, I don't train in road and I need to stop that. Like I need to make sure I include road training. So when I do hit asphalt on these trail runs, I'm better acclimated and stronger. Um, but it really was so painful in my shins. Um, earlier in the race, I was having pain in my shins from a road section and had them like tape it, a medic tape it. Um, so I was coming out of this 26 mile section. I don't remember what time it was, but it was definitely dark. And literally in my head, I was like, should I call Mike McKnight? I know he just won this. Uh, he's probably resting, but I don't care. I got to call the dude. And so like, I was literally like debating, like, do I call him? Or do I not? And as I was hitting the aid station, I looked to the right and there's Mike and his wife, you know? Mm. So I was like, Oh my gosh. I literally, like, if I recall correctly, like I went into his chest, like with my head, like just happy to see him, but like, I couldn't hug him. Like, cause I was just so tired, but like, I put my head in his chest, like, Oh, like, thank you for being here right now. Mm. So I told him what I was, dealing with because i didn't know like do i stretch this do i take a break can i tape it a certain way you know uh i knew like i should switch the shoes so i just wanted like any feedback he had that could mitigate it because it was getting so bad that like every step was just so painful and i didn't know if i was leading i'm a believer you push through pain but i'm not a believer you push through injury right but i would have got close to pushing through injury just i just didn't want to go past that point you know so i so thankfully he was like oh he goes you ha you're having what did he tell me he goes like you're having hip issues i was like what are you talking about man my shin is hurting not my hip and he goes go see ben uh so ben light i don't know if you know who ben light is but For he's sure. he's amazing so i go to my car and my shin is throbbing and ben's like yeah it's like it's your hip or your dinner i'm like whatever dude like <laughs> like it's my shin <laughs> So long story short, they were like, they were like, no, it's all connected, you know? And so he was like, pressed. so Ben got in my crew vehicle. He like put me on my side and just started doing like this body work. And I, I, I know he loves me, but like, I felt like he was trying to kill me. Like I was squealing <laughs> so bad and like everything he was doing, like up, like kind of in my hip. Mm -hmm. was making my shin feel better. It was wow. like so crazy because they were saying like it's all connected and this and that. So Ben spent like a good amount of time. He like, I forgot everything he said and everything he did, but he did a lot of work on me. And he was just like, hopefully, you know, with what I've released and this and that, like it just doesn't get worse. And so thankfully it didn't. And like he shared a couple of like techniques with my crew and family so like at all the aid stations, we did like, like this work on the hips and the side. Um, even if like, I kind of like just would walk and kind of hold it in, it would kind of relieve pressure down there, which I like, I still don't 
wrap my wow. head around it. And maybe it's placebo. I don't know. <laughs> right. But but whatever it was, like it worked. It like at least made it manageable. Um so like once like that kind of didn't go over the edge of what I could handle from a pain perspective or an injury perspective, then like I was back to like, okay, let's get this done. And so I never felt that I wouldn't get it done. Um, so that was just kind of my scare tactic. So thank you, Mike McKnight. Thank you, Ben Light. I love you guys. You guys are huge. Right time. Perfect. And like, how awesome is that, that they came out to the course to come, you know, come check on me and, and come check on a couple of others, you know, after winning the race, you know? So right. I love that dude. It was meant Amazing to happen. Dude. Yeah. They were just yeah. meant to be there, meant to be there to help you, yeah. man. It was all, it was yeah. all part of a bigger plan. Like it's and that goes back to community, man. Like it's community. Like Mike McKnight just freaking won the race, yeah. crushed the course record, if I'm not mistaken, you know, yeah. 55 hours. Of, and he still in his heart wants to come back on the course in the night with his wife, with his buddy to check on us. You know, like if that's not one of the most beautiful gestures and awesome things to be a part of that kind of community, then like, I don't know what it is. Like right. I'm like equally hooked for testing my limits, but like the community part is what makes this next level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People like that. Yeah. Agreed, man. And you've tapped into the right people, man. Um, yeah, just, it's beautiful. Right. Right place, right time. Yeah to make those magic moments happen. And you know, those are the memories you're going to look back on. And remember when you think about Moab, you know, that's going to be probably a big one that sticks out for you. Like these guys were here for me. They helped me, they fixed me up and I'm never, ever going to forget it. You know? Yeah. hundred percent. It's beautiful. Um, how'd the rest of the race go? Um, so I'm guessing you were feeling a little bit better, but was it still <laughs> like, how did it go? Yeah, it went better because once I was able to like go up and down, you know, even if it was gradual, it took like my shin issue was from the flat road and the repetitiveness of just that constant like same angle. Okay. So once like, like I would go up, I think going up, I almost didn't feel it at all. Mm. And then like gradually going up or gradually going down, like it would just alleviate some. So uh, I had definitely times where like I had to like, like just take a couple of deep breaths and go like, like, all right, like this shit is hurting, but just like relax for a minute, like, mm -hmm. you know, calm down and all right. Okay, let's go. And I did that like a lot of times. Um, but the next like kind of wild part was, was the last, last night uh, I took a nap and I think like at 4.30 AM woke up. Uh, I had a buddy who was doing the Moab 240 for the first time who was like tagging along with me. Um, so he woke up and I think our goal was to leave by five. As soon as we head out, boom, snowstorm. Oh yeah. So, so we started going through a snowstorm. Um, I felt prepared from a gear perspective. Like I probably had in that video clip, I probably had like, like a shirt, a long sleeve, a hoodie, a puffy, and a rain jacket. So I probably had like five layers, plus uh, like a buff, gloves, really warm tights, and really warm socks. But my buddy had just like these compression tights <laughs> only. And I don't think he realized how cold it was going to get on us. Um, 
So I got a little worried for him because like he couldn't stop. Like, like if he stopped, he was getting too cold and he was like having issues. So yeah, like he, I think he was a little worried with like hypothermia and some other issues that could come with it being snowing, wet, not properly dressed. And we were already like too far gone. Um, so and then later on, like a huge windstorm like came where he literally like I was kind of okay, but he literally went and ducked for cover, oh, no. <laughs> which was kind of gnarly. <laughs> but so we had like a like I just had like a little nervousness for him, you know, like just keep moving, dude, like keep like because as you're moving, your body staying warm, so you're yeah. fine. Yeah. But we were also like 220 miles into the race, so and then I also know that I think when you're keeping warm, your body's burning more calories, so just. Mm-hmm. You know, staying on top of all that, uh, I was just kind of tracking him, like more worried for him at that point. But then as the sun started to come up, the, the snow subsided, things warmed up, then it was pretty much smooth sailing um, all the way to the finish line. So a little scare, but nothing major. And, uh, you know, we had some fun in the snow. <laughs> um, how sweet was that finish? I mean, you've been working towards this thing for a year now, all the training, all the planning the preparation i mean there's so much that goes into it especially for a family man with kids i mean so much goes into this i mean i'm just picking a number but what were like the last 10 or 20 miles like were you able to soak it all in and just really think about how special this thing is i i don't think i processed it all yet um because for me it's like it's just been so much man like you know, like, I feel like I'm very much a regular guy, you know? Sure. But if I think about like the last, I don't know, say six months, you know, and I think about like, you know, like on Instagram, I'll run around, I'll have some Tupac on or some house music, you know, and I'll be silly sometimes, or sometimes I'll, you know, put something from the heart. Uh, I'll do all these, these gnarly challenges uh you know i do all this stuff and you know it does it has had impact for a lot of people through like private messages and you know different ways that people have let me know that like i've inspired them you know mm-hmm. and then i think of like everything that we did for rods and everything i did for my buddy justin like kind of raising awarenesses for their thing all of the community all of like the new friends all of the new family then just really like deep diving like like those 11 12,000 miles that I felt like I did like probably 10,000 of those miles were like alone you know and you know a lot of those miles I didn't want to do it and a lot of those miles like was in my head you know just just sharpening the sword just sharpening 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 knowing my girls are watching knowing my wife's watching knowing my family's watching like just like in the dungeon, bro, like just, Mm -hmm. just in a gnarly dungeon to just get mentally tough, you know, and then to have it come out, you know, like I still like my, my, one of my big goals was show hard work works, you know, show that, yeah, like you could do the triple crown. You could three, three years ago, I was 228 pounds. I'm not a track star, never did track never ran in high school, never did any of this in college. I literally like started running to this level three years ago and I was 228 pounds when I started. And I had three DNF when I first started. 
and to just know, and I'm a heavier guy. Like you said, I'm not 145 pound, you know, five foot seven dude that's just flying in the mountains. Like I'm a bigger dude. I come from SoCal. I come from nightlife, you know, like, or, or thinking that's cool, like in the generation I was in. And to just have it all come, all that work come to you know these three races where I got to put it all to work all to work and all to celebrate you know like I I still don't think I processed it all but I do know that it was probably the best 60 days of my life uh the most beautiful I'm like another thing is like I hope you're proud of me I hope the community's proud my parents like my wife you know everybody but even if nobody was like shit it don't matter because i'm proud of me because mm -hmm. i know you know i know what i endured i know mm -hmm. the negative chatter you know i'm human like i get negative chatter i get that voice i don't want to do it but i know how many times i fought it and so i felt just unbelievably proud of myself and the example i set and then the way we did it the way we did it with a community with a pack you know because uh, I couldn't have done it without my wife, without my sister, without, you know, the crew, you know, uh, I love that we showed like ultra running is a team sport. It's a family. It's, uh, it's amazing. So like, uh, we give back, you know, so it just, it's so much and I'm probably rambling because uh, I still haven't processed it all, but there was just a lot between all of those elements that I'm still wrapping my head around. But I will say that it was it was like, you know, other than like those like marriage and uh, or wedding and kids being born and all that kind of stuff like this was this was probably the top notch. For sure. Yeah. Well, dude, congratulations, man. You did it. And I watch how hard you work, even if it's just through Instagram. I see you putting in the work, man. And uh, and you did it. Um, so hats off to you, man. I mean, just an incredible, incredible effort. And, uh, you know, so much thanks and congratulations goes to your family as well, because they were there and mm -hmm. they were a part of it and the wolf pack yeah. and just everybody that was involved. Yeah. So, so cool, dude. Um, and I almost hate to ask this question, but I got to ask it. What's next? You've probably, pr I love, <laughs> okay. no, I love that you asked okay, because okay. I don't believe in finish lines, my man. There you we go. can't have finish lines. There you so go. as awesome as the triple crown is. There's got to be something else. And it doesn't necessarily have to be running. It could just be anything. But we got to keep challenging ourselves. Yeah. Got to get to keep working to get better. So my next big challenge is going to be the Cocodona 250. Nice. So I'm really pumped for that. I'm in the lottery for the Tahoe 200. Uh, I want to actually do the actual Tahoe race. And I think I want to aim for Badwater uh, to be kind of my big three for next year. I did, I did some pacing there. And I noticed that I do very well in heat, I think, mm. compared to my peers. So I think I could do really well in that one. Just got to work on the road piece. Yeah. <laughs> so I think those will be my next three. Uh, for sure, Coco. For sure, yeah. Coco. Because that well, one I'm already in. I'm, I, I'm excited. I may be seeing you there, dude. I haven't fully decided yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be seeing you there. So Let's do it, baby. Dude, I can't wait. Let's it, do it. 
It would be so epic. Um, do you look like five years down the road, 10 years down the road? Like, do you think about that far out? Like, where do I want to take this thing? Or do you think about longevity in the sport? Because, you know, this can't be easy on your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not thinking five years, 10 years, not from like a running perspective. I think that from like a business and home mm-hmm like perspective yes. like I, i'm planning out better than that okay um yeah i don't know no i i to be to, to be honest no uh i definitely know my goal is to knock out like all these big 200s mm-hmm. and then go from there because uh, I, I don't know i don't know what to, to, to think of that because i have had a lot of people who would have told me my 10 miles a day wouldn't have sustained for three years True, and, and it did. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any, I've never had a major injury, you know, like the closest thing was this um, shin, mm-hmm. but I think that's going to kind of happen when you go 240 miles on and, you know, through a 26 mile road section, you know? So, and I don't believe it, it's something like serious. Like I, I think in a few days I'll be able to run again, but like, I also am, am conscientious that you know maybe there could be a lot of damage that i'm doing unbeknownst to myself you know if i keep it up for another three years so i don't know how to play that like i don't know some people are built differently or if it will catch up to me because i do see guys like cam haynes you know who's out there crushing it and i do wake up with aches and pains but it's never injury and it seems like he's similar you know so i don't know i guess i'll have to kind of just see what my body says but definitely next year will be another year where you know knock on wood everything stays healthy and i could go do coco tahoe and probably bad water well honestly it sounds like you have a healthy relationship with this thing like five ten years down the road like you're planning out your living situation your family situation it sounds like and you should be i think you know most people should be thinking that far ahead but when it comes to running yeah, this is a hobby. This is, this is a thing you're passionate about. You know, um, this isn't necessarily how you're making a living. So you're just like living in the moment and you're saying right now I can do this and I'm going to kick ass and next year I'm still going to be able to kick ass. And after that, you know, we'll just see how it goes and there's no stress, yeah. or no pressure there. And honestly, I yeah, think that's 100%. a healthy way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I, I honestly don't even care like what place I finish in these things. Like sure. I, I, I just had some like, companies hit me up after um after moab you know and it doesn't interest me because i'm not trying to make a buck like i told you like all the things i have done i've given it to charity you know but in my business my businesses and investments and real estate like i do want to make a buck so like that's where i you know that's where it's more important for me. I just don't share that, like my entrepreneurial side and my vesting side and all that stuff, you know, on social media, but for the running side, like, yeah, I, I think you nailed it perfectly. Like I'm just, I'm having fun. It's a hobby. I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, make a buck off of this. Like it would just be more just community helping people out. Like I'd be happy to put it together a hoodie and, you know, give it away for charity or something. Sure. Profit. Have you ever thought about being a race director? Have I ever thought about being a race director? I mean, it sounds, yeah, it sounds like you kind of put one on in San Diego. 
Is that something that ever piqued your interest or not really? Uh, so, like, I don't, I would never want to be a race director. Uh, well, I don't know. Let me, let me rephrase that. Like, it seems like a lot of work and it seems like a big, headache, oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, big time. To deal with <laughs> all the athletes and all this stuff. But I am in talks with a race director who, um, who I'm good buddies with here in San Diego. And we are talking about doing an event that's going to be super cool if we can pull it off it'll be like something wild that will involve running and endurance sports but it'll be in december and i want to make it to where your admission to the race is you bring a toy and it's like a big toy drive and like i'll run around a track for 24 hours my buddy's going to do something insane um and then you know people can run for 6 12 24 so i don't know if we're going to be able to pull it off but like things like that like using uh, Wolfpack or any kind of branding or any awareness I can do, I would definitely do like something like that to where like, hey, Wolfpack's going to be here. You want to come, like bring a toy. Let's have fun. Let's have pop-up tents. Let's, you know, eat some good food. We'll have some food trucks and let's run around and then let's collect all these toys and then take it to Rady's Children's Hospital or, or you know, somewhere where the kids, aren't going to get gifts and, and let's provide those gifts. Like that kind of stuff is what I think is cool. This is what I want to be a part of. Cool. I think it's a great idea. Um, you're a good guy, Hector. I appreciate you, man. Um, and you're a badass to boot. So uh, dude, thanks for doing this, man. It's, it's been an honor. Uh, where can people find you online? Do you have a website or anything or is it just social media? Uh, I do have a website. I need to get better at it. It's called wolfpackendurance.com. Uh, but the best way, like if you want to like say hello or get in contact with me or see these cool modeling videos, like you mentioned, <laughs> it's on uh, Instagram, hrod619. Um, anybody, everybody is like welcome to be Wolfpack family. Um, you know, just got to love, support and encourage the person to your left and to your right. And, and you're more than welcome to join. So there's no criteria. I don't have to go out and run an ultra or do a thousand push-ups nope. or anything to be part of the wolf pack. I can just, how does it work? Just like hashtag wolf pack or just like hit you up or how does it all work? All of the above hit me up, hit anybody else up, like just show love, support, encourage, you know, and, and try to be better than you were yesterday. Could be running, could be reading, could be studying, could be lifting weights. It don't matter. Like, yeah that's what we do. We just support one another to be better than yesterday. Yeah. That's what's up, dude. That's beautiful. Um, your brother was injured earlier this year. Is that right? Cause he was planning on doing this with you. How's he doing? He was, uh, so that Vegas run that, uh, I said hurt my foot on the asphalt and uh, the jackpot ultra, uh, crushed him. Um, he had been, he had screws already in his ankle from an injury, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something. And in that race, like the screws shifted or something along those lines to where he needed surgery. So he actually got surgery, I believe it was October 4th, which is why he wasn't in Moab um, oh. for me. Cause I might, I think the race was October 8th. And then he had to be back within seven days for like a follow-up um, meeting with the doc. So 
he finally got it taken care of. He's finally, you know, I think he's three weeks, four weeks or whatever it is uh, in the process of, of getting healed up. Okay. Okay. You got a badass family, man. Your sister, your brother. I mean, you must have good genetics in that family. I, I, I thank your tough, parents. Yeah. Are, are your parents tough too? My mom, my mom is ruthless. <laughs> she's a mama bear, bro. She's the toughest one of all. She's, she's tough. Yeah. She is super tough, super well, tough, super just mama bear, hundred yeah. percent. So I take like her craziness and I just funnel it to the ultra running and to like the goal setting. Yeah. She just goes at anything. Like she's wild, <laughs> but I love her. I love her to death. Cool. So cool, dude. Well, listen, man, thanks for doing this. And uh, I really hope to see you at Cocodona this year. It would be a blast to share some miles with you. Um, it would be, it would just be awesome, man. So keep doing what you're doing. You're an inspiration. You're a connector. Um, you radiate this sort of like peace and just, I don't know, it, it just, it's something cool, man. So whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it. But I uh, hope to see you in the future, well, man. Thank you. You're freaking badass. Thank you, brother. I hope to see you in Coco. I hope to see any of your listeners in Coco. Yes. If anybody is going to be at Coco who's listening to this, like hit me up. Like let's get lunch before. Let's support each other on the journey to the Coco 250. I got to pace some of it, so I saw some of the course. Truly badass. Uh, the coverage Air Vipa does is like next level. So yeah. I think this is going to be like an epic epic experience so if anybody's ever thinking about it this is the one you got the wolf pack hopefully we got you and uh mike mcknight is coming back as far as i'm tracking so we're gonna have some fun out there ah dude i think you just solidified my decision right there that's let's go let's go you know i was watching some of that tracking last year and your name kept coming up like hector's here or hector says this so it sounds like you were really involved man so it's so cool you just immersed yeah. in this world, Give man. back, man. I volunteered. That's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. It's- Hector, thank you so much, man. You're a beautiful soul. Just keep doing what you're doing and can't wait to see you on the trail, man. Awesome, man. Love you. Thank you for having me. Always right, a blast. Take care. Talk soon. All right, buddies. Thanks for listening. All the way to the end. I really couldn't do this without you guys. Remember to subscribe, like, share, review. Without a little help from you guys, no one is going to hear this show. And as much as I like being underground, uh, I'd like this show to be heard by a few more people. We are on Patreon as Do Big Things. Patreon.com slash Do Big Things. Follow us and support us. And that is where you're going to get all the good stuff. The B-sides, the extras. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. They are the only seamless athletic apparel brand that is made in the U.S. Their stuff is fantastic at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. If you're into anything outdoors, you got to check them out. All their stuff has been through the most challenging races in the world, and they stand behind their products with a 30-day money-back guarantee. You got nothing to lose, you guys. If you wear it and you're not convinced, you can send it back for a full refund within 30 days. Check them out. Exoskin.us. Uh, yeah, exoskin.us. Use our discount code BTC, all caps, and that's for 15% off.
This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them, helping them find even more success. Will's a certified nutritionist, and he knows what's up when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact these guys. Or if you're not an elite athlete and you just want to feel healthier and just be a little bit better um, from day to day, contact these guys. Maybe you just need a little guidance, a little push in the right direction. On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast and he's going to give you a 10% discount. Get you properly tuned up, baby. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing, the finest N.A. craft beer on the market. Have yourself a tasty beer or two without all the negative side effects. You can have one in the middle of the day, not have to worry about driving. You can have a couple at night, not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there is no alcohol. Athleticbrewing.com. Use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps, for 20% off the finest N.A. beer around. Buy two six-packs or more, and you don't have to worry about shipping costs. Enjoy the taste without the hangover. Remember, you guys, life is short. Do big things. Pedro, take us for a run, homeboy.